Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Brian. This is our weird world. So it's been a few weeks since I put out an episode. Um, honestly, I've just I've been slacking. I've been busy with work, raising two kids, everything that goes along with it. It's been hectic, um, but I promise I am working on some stuff, working on getting some episodes uh, put together. Uh, I've been doing some research. Uh, the previous episode, I did say I want to do some more true crime related stuff. I definitely want to keep doing some more like paranormal, spooky, haunting, weird things like that. But you know, I want to do true crime as well. It's definitely something that is very interesting to me and something that I, I want to do more more research on and do episodes about for you, for my listeners. So, and thank you for listening. You know, I, I, I don't know if I say it enough. It, I do it because I enjoy it, and hopefully you as a listener can can take something away from it and, and learn something something new. So I thought, well, where do I start with, with doing some true crime episodes? I, I want to do some on... on serial killers and things like that but who do i do it on where, where do i start you know jeffrey dahmer has been really popular recently obviously with uh that netflix series that's um been out everybody's talking about it's very good by the way i i did watch it if you haven't watched it and and you're curious about jeffrey dahmer i highly recommend it it's very good they did an extremely good job at staying true to what happened they took some liberties um I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it. There's a few things I took some liberty with. They, they nothing too, you know. They didn't take anything out, out of like like who his victims were, things like that. They just kind of played with the time frame a little bit. It, it seemed like to condense it for the show, which makes sense. But anyways, I don't want to say too much more and ruin it if you haven't seen it, or if you're currently watching it. I do highly recommend it. It's very good. Um, having listened to other podcasts about him and watching other documentaries about him. They did a really good job. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, def- definitely check it out. But anyways, I thought I yeah, maybe do episode on Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm definitely, I definitely want to. But so what I thought was, what I thought of doing would be is, is take the 50 states that we have here in the U.S., put them in alphabetical order, and figure out what are the most notorious serial killers from each state. Take like like the top one. From each state because there are some that have a few but i thought let me let me take the top one most notorious most infamous if you will from each 50 state that's going to give me 50 different cases i can look at some are going to be a little bit shorter than others some are going to be a little bit longer so i might put a couple into one episode um where some i i'm not sure i might have to split into a couple of episodes we'll see as i go but then i didn't want to just start alphabetically and, and go you know either a to z or z to a you know, we have Alabama starting at A, Wyoming being, if you want to say the last one, or if you want to flip it, have Wyoming be the first one, Alabama be the last one. So then instead of doing that, I would just do them in a random order. So being the nerd I am, I wrote my own code using Python, which is a coding language. If you're unfamiliar with it, just know it's a coding language that is used for a lot of different things. I'm very familiar with it. I've done a lot of coding with it. And so I wrote a little, like a number shuffling code plugged in one through 50 told it to basically spit them out on the other end in a random order that's what i did so 
I'm starting with number three, and I decided to go A to Z. So number three, in that case, would be Arizona. So Arizona's most notorious serial killer is a man by the name of Mark Goudeau. He was born September 6th, 1964. He is still alive, and he is actually waiting to be executed in Arizona um, in one of their state prisons. And we'll talk. We'll get to that and talk about that a little bit more. Now, he is a convicted murderer, kidnapper, thief, and rapist. He terrorized Phoenix between August 2005 and 2006. Now, at the same time, roughly, there was another uh, serial killer who was later known as the serial shooter. It actually turned out to be two people that were just randomly killing people in the streets of Phoenix. And it just happened to be roughly about the same time as this guy, Mark Goudeau, but unrelated, but around the same time. Maybe I'll do an episode on that, on the serial shooters. I actually watched a documentary about them just randomly like a couple months ago, and it was actually pretty interesting. But anyways, this guy, Mark Goudeau, you might know him as the baseline killer. Um, that's what the Phoenix police later ended up naming him and i'll get to why in a little while so he was convicted of nine murders but he was actually there were 93 separate felonies over this almost a year time span 10 months that he had committed now he he did go to two separate trials for these different incidences the first one was for 19 charges of sexual assault and rape on two sisters. Now, I don't want to include their names. I've seen their names in some of the research I've done, but they're still they're still with us. They're still around. So I, I felt it would be better just to leave them anonymous, so I will refer to them as the two sisters. Now, at the time, he did rape the younger of the two, and the older at the time, she was visibly pregnant. Um, and he actually held a gun to the older sister's abdomen, her showing belly from her pregnancy basically threatening to shoot her and her unborn child while he raped the other younger sister now the time when he did this as well he told them not to look at him because he didn't want them to identify him but he was still identified and later convicted now the other felonies that he was convicted for in the other trial that he went to were the nine murder the nine murders excuse me which he, again, was na- named, coined the term baseline killer. B- before this, he was actually, they were calling him the baseline rapist because they hadn't actually, the Phoenix police hadn't actually connected the, the murders to the rape crimes as well. So he was being called the baseline rapist, later was changed to baseline killer. Uh, so anyways, the second trial, uh, he was on trial for 74 Additional charges, again, for the nine murders, various robberies, more rape and sexual assault incidences, and and kidnapping. And this was on both minors and adults. Now, all but one of his victims were female. There was one victim that was a man, but all the rest were females. Again, rape and even the murder. Now, he initially, they believed he only murdered eight victims, but they later found a ninth that they connected to him. So he was convicted of the nine murders with that he was actually given nine death sentences and then all of his felonies together between the two trials he was given a sum total of 1634 years 
in prison. So he's not getting out anytime soon. And like I said, he is waiting currently right now to be executed. So initially he was called the baseline rapist, not the baseline killer, because he, the Phoenix police were investigating the sexual assaults that occurred at gunpoint near a road called Baseline Road. And so the police were looking for a light-skinned black male at the time, and one of his youngest victims at the time was 12 years old. So they were looking for what they coined the baseline rapist. Later, it would be changed to the baseline killer, like I said, uh, actually in the spring of 2006, after the investigators were able to link the murders and the other crimes, the robberies and whatnot, to the sexual assaults. So they changed it to the baseline killer. Like I said before, the nine murders, one of them was a man, the rest were all women, and they were they were first degree, as far as when he was charged, they were first degree murders. So in addition to those murder charges, he was also charged on for 15 sexual assaults on women and young girls, uh, 11 counts of kidnapping, and a various number of armed robberies as well. Now, initially, these all were not linked, like I said before. Um, and were thought of no apparent motive. Now, the murders, he would shoot the victims in the head, and a lot of his crimes that people, when they weren't murders, when they were other crimes, the robberies, uh, often was described as uh, wearing a, like a Halloween mask, and would oftentimes even be described as attempting to impersonate homeless people um, and or uh, drug addict. Now, the Phoenix police investigators did say that the shell casings they found came from the same gun. So they knew that the murders were, the initial eight were from one person. They were later able to link the ninth one as well. People, residents of Phoenix obviously became, you know, increasingly worried, right? You're living there and, and you're hearing about these, all these really bad crimes in your area. There were various community meetings that were actually held by the police. Um, they used this these as opportunity to distribute sketches that they had based on people that had that had seen him. Um, again, describing a light skinned black male. You know, all these sketches were going out there. They coined the term the baseline killer looking for him. They did offer a one hundred thousand dollar reward at the time for information that would lead to his arrest. It did take like I said, it took them you know, over a year to finally get a viable suspect and arrest him. Now at the time of these crimes, Mark was actually on parole um, with the Arizona Department of Corrections and was being supervised out of their uh, Northeast Parole Office. Now, in 2006, August, actually, his parole officer out of this office, the Northeast Patrol Office, Parole Office, excuse me, he actually went to the Phoenix Police Department, their task force they had for this, and he suggested that Mark was actually the baseline killer himself. And they actually were able to later get a warrant and search his home, finding evidence that linked him to these murders and were able to finally say, yep, this is it, this is our guy. So two days before his birthday, September 4th, Mark was arrested in connection to the sexual assaults on the two sisters. And then again later, we're able to tie him to the murders. Now, the sisters, like I said, one was pregnant at the time and everything, and they were able to testify against him later in court, and there was also DNA evidence that linked him to that crime. Uh, in September of 2007, he was tried and convicted for 19 charges relating to those uh, two sisters, the assault on them, and then was sentenced in December of 2007 for 438 years 
relating to those those 19 charges. And then later, a few years later, November of 2011, a jury would actually sentence him to death for the murders of, of the baseline killings. And like I said, he is currently waiting on death row. So I want to talk about the victims and like give you a rough timeline of when he was doing you know what maybe you know i'll come back to that let's let's go into more just the investigation so the phoenix police they did actually release a document that was hundreds of pages long that detailed their investigation into the baseline killings these documents were obtained by one of the local news channels abc 15 and they actually revealed that police had named at least 10 possible suspects at the time when they were looking into these murders. So there are a lot of different people that they were looking into and, and thinking it might be the suspect. But of course, they these documentations said that they had ruled some of them out already. It was stated also in this report that ABC New, ABC 15 News got a hold of. There was 20,000 pages of police reports that were mostly of other suspects, and they had very little mention of Mark in them as far as his involvement. Uh, it was revealed in these documents that information on on nine cases ranging from double homicide to sexual assault, uh, robberies, and kidnapping. Now, this information also included police reports that described where and who police were actually looking at uh, into their investigations. They also discussed various leads. However, there was a lot of the information in these documents that had been redacted. Uh, but again, according to these documents, the baseline killer, like I said earlier, he was posing in a, as a homeless man sometimes. Uh, he would push a shopping cart towards women in parking lots before attacking them. Uh, he would actually force himself into their cars and in one of them reportedly telling her to perform oral sex on him or that he would kill her. In this per- this one particular incident, the woman tried to fight him off, according to their records. And according to that particular incident, um, the man that was believed to be the baseline killer, he was wearing gloves, a mask, and clothing that covered his whole body. So they weren't able to identify him or even uh, skin color, hair color, anything like that. Um, but these reports did indicate that the police were working on a partial handprint that they think might have been his from this incident and then various DNA and then obviously ballistics from the particular when he shot and, and murdered this particular individual. Now later in 2009 Times publication came out that there was believed to be some mishandling of evidence by the Phoenix police. The Times publications published a story stating that they revealed that Phoenix Police Department had possessed the key DNA evidence that was eventually used to crack the baseline killer case nine months before an arrest. But they failed to analyze this DNA evidence in a timely manner. Now that's according to this Times Publications article. From information that they had, I wasn't able to find too much more on it, but it did come out them claiming that Phoenix Police Department had mishandled some of the evidence and potentially it could have been solved sooner it is a potential that maybe they could have so let's go back to like i said before i want to talk about basically a timeline give you a timeline when he was doing these things and name his victims 
because I feel it's important that the victims involved in this that you be known and and put it out there for their sake. You know, it is extremely unfortunate and devastating for the families involved, but you know, unfortunately, in in these true crime cases, these serial serial killer cases, you know, the murderers themselves become the I don't want to say famous. I, I feel like that's a the, a bad word or I say bad word, but the wrong thing to say about them. But it, it kind of is. They're, they're the ones that you get to know that people come to learn about and know and, and get these shows done about them in documentaries and podcasts. Let's face, let's face it, right? But I do still it's, feel that it's important to at least name the victims so you as the listeners know who they were. So I'm going to go through a little bit of a time time frame again. So this will just give you a rough idea of when he was doing these crimes, what he was doing, and then obviously his murder victims. So August 6th of 2005, he actually forced three teenagers behind a church near Baseline Road, again where he got the name Baseline Rapist before he started committing murders, um, of which he molested two young girls. A few days later, August 14th, 2005, he committed another sexual assault and a robbery. September 8th, 2005, this was his first murder. He actually murdered Georgia Thompson, who was 19 years old at the time, in Tempe, Arizona. And that was the one that, I actually forgot to say, there was a, um, oh my gosh, where was that? There was a false confession from a man named James Dwayne Mullins who claimed that first victim, Georgia Thompson. It was later confirmed through evidence, DNA evidence, that Mark was the one that murdered her and not this guy Mullins. And he later uh, redacted his statement and said, no, I was not involved. So that was his first murder, Georgia Thompson, who was 19 years old. A week later, September 15, 2005, he committed another sexual assault. Five days later, September 20th, another sexual assault. A little over a week later, September 28th, he committed a robbery. That same day, September 28th, he actually committed a second robbery elsewhere and another sexual assault. November 3rd, 2005, he committed another robbery and another sexual assault. A few days later, excuse me, a few days later on November 7th, 2005, he committed three robberies. Later on December 12th, 2005, this was his next murder. This was Tina Washington. She was 39 years old. She was actually a preschool worker and was actually heading home from work. Now, there was actually a witness that testified that they saw him with a drawn gun standing over Tina's body near a uh, fast food restaurant in the area, and she was shot in the head. The very next day, December 13th, he committed another robbery. Later, February 20th, 2006, he would commit two more murders. This was of Romelia Vargas. She was 38 years old. And Myrna Palma Roman. She was 34 years old at the time. Again, both found shot in the head. They were actually owners of a food truck. And it was parked at the time at 91st Avenue and Lower Buckeye Road. And initially, the Phoenix police didn't believe these murders were connected to the baseline uh, killings. They thought it was totally separate. They thought it was actually a drug-related murder, but then were later able to, in July of 2006, connect it to him. Now, going back to the timeline, March 15th, 2006, he would commit two more murders. Again, double homicide. 
They were discovered in the uh, 4100 block of North 24th Street in Phoenix. These were two employees of Yoshi's Restaurant on 24th Street and Indian School Road in Phoenix. They were actually commuting uh, home, again, headed home from work uh, together. It was Liliana Sanchez Cabrera. She was 20 years old at the time. And she was actually found dead in the parking lot of another fast food restaurant in the area. And the other victim was Chow Chu, who was later discovered about a mile away. And again, both victims had been shot in the head. Uh, A week later, March 29th, 2006, he would commit another homicide in the same area, North 24th Street of Phoenix, the 2500 block. There was actually a body discovered. Now, initially, there was a local businessman who noticed a streak of blood in a parking lot nearby. He reported it to the police. They came and actually searched the area, but were not able to find anything. A week later, the same businessman noticed a horrendous smell. Now, this smell was came from the decomposing body of Kristen Nicole Gibbons that the police later were able to, to, to identify. And again, she was shot in the head. A little over a month later, on May 1st, 2006, Mark would commit another sexual assault, and this one was uh, described as a man in a latex Halloween mask who abducted a woman in a car, sexually assaulted her at gunpoint. And then on May 5th, 2006, the Phoenix police actually went public with a list of the 18 crimes that they believed were uh, related to this this person they coined as the uh, baseline killer that they had not caught yet and were going after him. Um, They later, in August of the same year, they increased the number of crimes to 23. Now, on June 29th, 2006, this would be the last homicide linked to him. It was Carmen Miranda, who was 37 years old at the time. She was abducted from a car wash in the area while she was actually using her cell phone. And she was found dead, again, a gunshot wound to her head behind a barbershop just nearby, uh, they, uh, according to them, about 100 yards away from the car wash. Now, this murder was actually captured on uh, closed-circuit security television uh, cameras around the area. Um, so that was able to make it much easier to link him to all of these killings. They had this video evidence of him involved in this final murder. So those were the crimes that he had committed in this period from August 2005 to June 2006 before his arrest. Very heinous what he had done. Um, Like I said, he was later arrested, thankfully, and he is waiting on death row. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned altogether all these crimes between the two trials. Was given 1,634 years in state prison and obviously was given nine death sentences for the nine murders. He's rotting in prison, waiting to be executed. He was convicted of all nine murders. I think that that's good that he was. They were able to find evidence and everything and convict him for those nine murders that he committed. Because that's that's obviously very heinous what he did. Everything. You know, all the rapes, the robberies, and the murders, obviously. It's extremely heinous what he did. I'm glad that they were able to, to capture him. And we're able to link him through evidence and DNA and everything. He, he's a bad guy. And he's at least one more bad guy that's off the streets. Not able to commit any more of these these murders and rapes and whatnot. So 
you know, I, I feel bad for the families. It's it's very unfortunate that he was able to do what he did for so long. But I'm glad that people were able to testify against him and, and that they were able to find him guilty for his crimes and that he, you know, he has to live with that now while waiting for his execution. So if you have anything else you'd like to add about this, you know, you let me know. You can reach out to me via email or, or on Facebook. Um, I know I recently saw a lot more people um, join the Facebook group, so I appreciate that. So thank you. Uh, thank you to everybody that listens. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, some of them, like I said, moving forward will probably be a little bit longer. Ones that have a lot more to them. Um, you know, some that are even a lot more just infamous just as a whole that, you know, people around the world might know. This is one I, I had never heard of before. I had vague, I vaguely remember hearing the, the, the term baseline killer. I remember hearing about that at the time, but I never, you know, followed up with it further and never, never really knew any, anything more about it. So yeah, if you like this, let me know. Um, if you want to hear more, you know, like this, let me know. Let me know what, what you would like to hear. Maybe I'm, I'm going to follow along with my random order that I came up with and do some more. If you like that, reach out to me on Facebook, Our Weird World. Email is going to be one of the best places to reach out to me. You can get in touch with me at ourweirdworldpodcast at gmail.com. If you have questions, comments, thoughts, ideas, suggestions, let me know. Um, oh, about this uh, um, this random order generator. I, I don't know if I mentioned on this. I was doing some editing earlier, but um, for Wisconsin, there's two most infamous, Jeffrey Dahmer and Ed Gein. Would you rather... When I get to Wisconsin, would you rather hear me do Ed Gein or Jeffrey Dummer? You let me know. You, you decide. I'll, maybe I'll put a vote on, on Facebook about that too. So anyways, I hope you like this. And um, I'm going to try to do some more. like it. Alrighty. Until then, take care. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.